We're back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. And uh, coming in September 2020, a new site we have built together called... Defector. Defector, and we're going to have a new podcast to go with it. This very podcast, which has the name... The Distraction. It's out right now, and it's available everywhere else you get your podcast. At Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction everywhere. It's out right now. Go listen. See ya. Bye. If I could do it all over again, I would have listened to my mother. Deadass? Deadass. My mother was on point. Mm, all right, Karen, I hear you. Well, if I could do it all over again, I wouldn't have had that big-ass wedding. I would have had the destination wedding that Dead I wanted ass. to have. And I wouldn't have listened to a lot of people, some people in your family, who was throwing shade about me wanting to have a destination wedding. Oh, man, why you got to bring it to my family? We need a Tommy. We need a McLaurin. I'm not saying any names. We need, but we, they made because we need to bad. go back in time. Y'all niggas owe me some money. They oh, plenty money. Facts. Plenty money. Facts. As my West Indian family would say, dead ass. Hey, I'm Kadeen. And I'm Deval. And we're the Ellises. You may know us from posting funny videos with our boys and reading each other publicly as a form of therapy. Wait, I make you need therapy? Most days. Wow. <laughs> oh, and one more important thing to mention. We're married. Yes, sir, we mm-hmm. are. We created this podcast to open dialogue about some of life's most taboo topics. Things most folks don't want to talk about. Through the lens of a millennial married couple. Deadass is a term that we say every day. When we say deadass, we're actually saying facts. 100. The truth, the whole truth, and nothing but the truth. <laughs> we're about to take pillow talk to a whole new level. Deadass starts now. My brother was graduating from yes. UMass, and mm-hmm. um, it was Memorial Day weekend. And I was like, bro, I need a favor. He was like, what's up? I said, you know, I love Kadeen, and I plan on making her my wife. Um, I would like to share this moment with everyone in our family, including you and her family. The best way to surprise her, because our families are so close that all of her family used to come to our events. Mm-hmm. So I was like, I want to propose to her at your barbecue Whenever someone graduates in our family, it's a big deal. So we already have a barbecue. All of the neighbors are there. So we have the barbecue. All of the men in our family knew I was going to propose. I didn't tell any women except for for her mom. (laughs) Because you know you had to ask ask the pitbull if she would allow you to take me from under her wing. (laughs) Me me and your mom (laughs) had had a tumultuous past. Yeah, they did. We there was some like years in there. Ass. It was there, like yeah, there was some years in there where rough. we didn't talk. I wouldn't mm-hmm. go by our house. So, um, it's that time now where everyone's giving speeches about Brian. Brian's my brother. Everyone knows that's my best friend. And I go up there to give a speech. And midway through the speech, I tell him I need you to play this song. So now I'm talking about my brother, talking about how much I love him and proud of him graduating, getting his degree. And, and I'm thinking, why are they playing this song? This song in the middle of the speech, they start playing incomplete. <laughs> so I see all of the women looking around like, this is a little weird. All the dudes <laughs> is looking around like, yo, I know he loves his brother, but Jesus Christ. <laughs> and then I start talking about having a best friend, and I transition from having a best friend and going through college with the best friend. And people was like, he didn't even go to college with Brian. And knowing that you've met the right one. And then I see everybody's face start to look at Kadeen. Right. And Kadeen is holding the camera. Right. Just kind of oblivious at this point. I'm like holding the camera because I was all about, like, they knew I always had my camera. I love to capture moments and whatnot. So I'm standing there with the camera and I look over at his cousin, Portia, Mm -hmm. and she's like, you know, she's (laughs) holding her face and she's shaking her head, eyes watery. My mom and her and DeVal's mom are like hugging each other in the corner. And I was like, no 
way. Yeah. So Portia takes the camera out of my hand and then turns it to me because she's trying to capture the moment now for me. And everyone kind of parts like the Red Sea. And I'm standing in the yard. Do you remember what you by did? By myself. I put my hands over my head. I was like, no. I could not <laughs> believe it was happening. Then I walk over there, get on my knee, I ask her to marry me. And she cries and she says, of course. Of course. And that was and shoot, you opened that ring box. I was like, hell yeah, <laughs> hell yeah. Yeah, it was, it was nice. It was chunky. It was chunky. It was going down. All the expensive cars, all of the money don't, don't amount, amount to, to me. you. <laughs> I can make believe I have everything, but I can't pretend that I don't see that without you, Kay, my life is incomplete. <laughs> Hey, without you, care. Uh, <laughs> hey. What song is that? Oh, my. It makes so much sense why you were adamant about picking this song. Okay. This was the song that played in the background when DeVal proposed yes. to me, guys. Yes. Yes. In front of all of our family and friends. There were at least... Over like 80, 90 80 people, people in that backyard. First of all, shout out to Karaoke Tom for bringing us back to that moment. You know, all that the moment. feels. Thank you. It was funny you know? because, you know, I envisioned my wedding day, like what my husband was going to look like, how he was going to propose. And you you think you want things done a certain way. And me being kind of like the control freak I am, you know, wanted to have a part in everything. But it was just so perfect the way that you did it. Um, I think it meant so much to me and to my family for everyone to be there and to be a part of yeah, it. Yeah, I wanted to share You know, that like the people who were significant and there were supposed to be there and you made sure of that. And it wasn't strange to me to see my aunts and right. uncles there because our right. families were so close and still right. are. So it was just a really, really great intimate moment that we had um, that we can still talk about to this day. So, and we got lots of pictures. A lot of pictures. A lot of pictures. But I want to take it back a little bit, right? Okay. Or like, when did you know that I was the one? Because we talk about this all the time. We we don't have the same recollection of when we knew. So when right. did you know that I was the one? I feel like I knew really early on after hanging with you that day at Hofstra in your dorm room. There was no funny business with the two right. of us. It was strictly like just organic, the way we flowed. You know, I sat on your bed and ate this big hero, honey turkey, American cheese, lettuce, tomato, and yeah. mayo. You know, I downed was biting it. it. You downed it. <laughs> biting into the hero, you know, mayonnaise all over my face. <laughs> just like you were an old friend. And typically, you know, when the girls are getting ready to right. meet a guy or go out for the first time, there's a facade you have to uphold. You know, absolutely, like you're absolutely. trying to, to paint this picture of who you think this person wants to see. So question, were you scared of those feelings? So, like when you when you was feeling like oh my gosh like I'm so open like were you scared like how am I so open? No, no, no? because it was so or organic and authentic in that moment. I was just going with it, and it felt so good. I felt like yo, this dude was like my friend in another life or something, you know. Mm -hmm. Hence why, after spending so much time t with you just talking about everything, I got to the car, and my cousin knew I was coming to see you, Sophia. Mm -hmm. She, was, I called her, and I was like, girl. Girl, and she's like, "What? What? Tell me what happened." You know, she wants the details and the play-by-play, -play. and I was like, "I met my husband tonight." That early? That early? The first like, day? That early? Like I knew there was something there. This is why girls be crazy. This is what. This is why girls go crazy. <laughs> no, I'm dead ass. This is why girls go crazy in relationships because y'all know super early. I did though. And guys, like like my recollection of things was very different. I remember 
God's God's honest truth. I remember seeing you come out of Hofstra USA, and first thing I'm thinking was, she finer than what I remember, because you were fine. Your your hair was going all the way down to your back. You didn't have too much makeup on. You were slim, but you had a little poke out. I was just like, <laughs> oh my god! Like I can't believe she's here to see me. Yeah, you know I wore my good my good pants. Yes, that day. Yes, I re- I know. <laughs> you know, I girl, we know we all got them pair of jeans and them pants that make yes. your butt look just right. Like yes. I had to make sure those was washed and laundered, yeah, okay? Because I had to khakis. go see Davel Edward Ellis. Yeah, them khakis when yes. I had a little stretch, mm-hmm. so you they know, had a stretch. Kinda, it didn't hold in the butt. Yeah, so there you go. I was like, wow, she's freaking beautiful. So. I was like, okay, okay, don't mess this up. She's a year older than you, all right? Um, what people don't know was that I'm, I'm a late bloomer, right? Like in, in middle school, I was only 4'11", 65 pounds. So when all of the girls that I liked or had crushes on liked all the other guys because they had developed faster, they were taller, mm-hmm. they had went through puberty, I didn't really go through puberty mm-hmm. until like the middle of high school. Mm-hmm. So my interactions with women weren't always like the best. Like I wasn't like this dude in high school who was like cool, rico, suave. I was a skinny kid, no mustache, no beard, no real muscles. So now I'm in college and I got to deal with women, a mm-hmm. woman. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Not really knowing. Like I didn't know myself. Right. You know what I'm saying? I, I didn't. So I got this woman who's like gorgeous, beautiful. She's a year older than me. She's coming to my dorm. So I'm like, okay, I got to gotta be cool. You know what I'm saying? Dudes you always try like to I'm act old? like... I was old. No, older than no, no, no. Old. I'm only... I got you Listen. by like three months and 27 okay. days. So stop. I'll take it back. I didn't mean old like he's an older <laughs> woman. You thought I was more experienced? Not even more experienced. But for, for men, you used to dealing with women who are younger than you because oh. women always want to deal with dudes who are older. Y'all like more mature guys. Mm-hmm. All of the high school girls wanted to deal with college guys. Ah. So if you were in a high school, you know, if you were a, a sophomore in high school, you didn't get no play. Mm-hmm. Then when you were a senior, you deal with sophomore girls because mm-hmm. those girls want to deal with the older guys. All the g- girls my age in high school wanted the older guys. Right. So I'm like, okay, I got a girl who's a year older than me, which means she's probably been dealing with older dudes. Oh, and you looked more, you looked older. You wore heels. You had a bag. You weren't in a book bag in Jordans. Mm-hmm. You had on a, a bag. You actually had a tote bag with heels. So right. I'm like, okay, let me just play. It's cool. So I'm like, let me let me try to stunt a little bit. I had my meal card. I was like, yo, baby, let's go to the calf. You can get whatever you want. Yeah. So I was like, let me get extra extra pickles on the side. (laughs) That was me stunting right there. Go get what you want. I was like, get her whatever she want. I'm going (laughs) to swipe that shit. I swiped that shit. <laughs> Pulled out his ID card. You know what I'm saying? Like, oh, okay. You see, you cute. remember the ID yeah, card? I, I said, like, yo, yo, whatever she want, get that, get that. <laughs> so then we go back to the room and I was nervous. Mm-hmm. I'm, ner- I'm 18 years old. I got this beautiful girl and you just sitting on my bed and you were acting like the homie. Right. And I was kind of like, what the fuck is happening here? Like, <laughs> She acting like the homie. Like, you're not acting like a prissy girl. You're acting like the homie. You eating this big hero. You drinking. You spilling this shit on my bed. <laughs> I was letting it rock. So I was like, all right, she got crumbs on my bed, but that's her crumbs. So I liked it. It's her crumbs. He was like, yeah, I'm going to go like sleep in these crumbs tonight. <laughs> sleep in Kadeen's crumbs. That's, that's how I felt, though, because I was kind of like, you know, in, in all honesty, being, being being truthful, I was kind of like, wow, she's beautiful. Like, mm-hmm. I can make this work. Right. So then we spoke all that time. We were speaking for weeks, but at the time, I also had it. A girl that I was talking to, a girlfriend. Mm-hmm. And the funny thing is, like I said, my girlfriend was a junior in high school mm-hmm. and I was a freshman in college. So I'm dealing with a younger woman. Mm-hmm. She can't come up and see me because her mom has to bring her. She's a right. young girl. So 
spacey or distance was happening. We mm-hmm. weren't talking as much. I'm playing football. Then I'm, I'm we're friends. We're talking. Mm-hmm. So I wasn't thinking to myself at this time. I met right. the woman that I'm gonna marry. No, my mind not. as a man is like, don't fuck this up. <laughs> she bad as hell. All right, and ultimately you're gonna want to smash. So don't fuck it up. Seriously, so that's what I'm thinking. That's right. what that's what men and it's think. Funny. I didn't even have my guards up going to your room that day thinking, oh, he may try something on me. It I wasn't was trying like, that night. No, yeah, I wasn't gonna try exactly. That night. Yeah, but like, she was gonna try. I was gonna try. I was like, at some point, I gotta, I gotta try because, and in my mind, as you're a young man, you're thinking this is a woman who's dealt with older guys. You mm-hmm. gotta put your mark in, and let her know, like this is what I do. Because right. if you don't, right. then she's gonna be like, oh, this nigga's whack. <laughs> So that's that's how men think. I wasn't gonna judge you. No. See, but this was funny. Listening to how you think about how we met. Yeah. This is what a guy is thinking. Right. About how we met. Eighteen years old. Absolutely. Eighteen. And then in retrospect, we were babies. Right. I mean, we were such babies. So I was not thinking about marriage. I was thinking about love. I was thinking, Devon, don't fuck this up. She bad as hell. So wait, what was the so what was the turning point for you then? Like, when did you know that marriage was the next step? Well, (laughs) shit. When did I know marriage was the next step? You still don't know if it was the right (laughs) step. Yeah, you, you, you jumped. You jumped about a whole question. fucking decade. Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, when we were dating throughout college, there were times in our relationship where you like shocked me, like that you you just you just shocked me. I remember once in particular when I broke my finger mm-hmm. and I had to get surgery, and you're you were nineteen. I'm eighteen. You came to the hospital with me and sat in there to get my. If I got my thing, I had surgery. Mm-hmm. And my, my father's remember. there. I was just like, oh, Kadeen's outside. And I was like, shit, she's actually here. Then when we went back to the dorm, you nursed me back to health. And it's not like I was in Alabama and I was a guaranteed first-round pick. I was a small walk-on at Hofstra. To me, in my mind, I was like, you're not doing this because you see the glitter. Oh, yeah, no. You were just there. You and, were, I, and you were so, to be completely honest, you were so small that I was like, this guy can't play in the NFL. But I'm like, I shoot. I didn't think I was playing in the NFL. I was like, shoot, if he can get his college paid for, well, all the better because we won't have no loans when we graduate. Exactly. Right? We ain't going to have that. <laughs> so... Get your college paid for a boo, and then we can get our jobs, and we can start this life. See? The NFL was and not even like it, a prospect. But then you just said it. How many nights did we sit in the dorm and just talk about, all right, so we're going to graduate. We don't got no debt. If we work, we can buy up. We work. We make $20,000. We save it. We can put a down payment on a brownstone. We can mm-hmm. live on the first floor, rent out the top two, mm-hmm. have no mortgage, right. and then we can pursue our career in TV and film. Like, we talked about those things at yep. 19, 20 yep. years old. We did. So, going through that, going through my injuries with football, and you always being there, you sitting, sleeping, sitting up with me when I separated my shoulder my senior year. I remember You know that. what I'm saying? Those I took are the, things. the couch cushions out and put them up against the floor. You remember that? I remember that. Let me pat myself on the back. That yeah, was cute, you, Kay. That was a cute little move that you did right there. <laughs> yeah, you hustled me. You secured, you hustled the, me. You secured the bag with that one. Yes, you hustled yeah. me. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Tell them. But no, it was it was those times that made me feel like, right. I didn't know if it was marriage, but I was like, right. nah, this is my right. this is my ride to die right here. Like, right. no matter what I get, good thing is the one. Dope. But you knew first day, which is crazy to me. Yeah, I knew. It I mean, of me course, years. it took it took a little time to like actually fall in love and be like, "This right. is for real, for real." But I know I had a feeling when I met you that there was something there. Like I, when I etched out in my my mind like a perfect guy, you had had those attributes off the bat. Like you can't teach charisma, you can't teach mm-hmm. ambition, you can't teach drive, and those are the things that I saw in you just in that six hour conversation that we had. I was like, "This dude is really talking like." 
you know, future, future stuff. So, that, so that's so ultimately that's what it was. It was my mindset. It was it was just what I was thinking of where I wanted to go. Yes. That kind of, that's what it aligned you with on. my mindset. And I was like, this dude is about something. And at 19, that's what you were thinking about. Wow, that's yeah. crazy. We were me. able to have a very intelligent discussion. No, we did. We, we did have a, a very intelligent discussion. Yeah. So let's fast forward a little bit. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, we get married. Mm-hmm. And that was a we, good day. It was a great day. It was hot as hell, though. It was mad hot. And your July uncle, 4th. Your Uncle Kurt was the the minister mm-hmm. who officiated the wedding. He did. And he talks a lot. He does. And we was outside. <laughs> and it, was like a, it was like 180 sweating degrees. Bullets. Yo, sweating bullets. And he just felt the need to preach. And I was like, all right, you know, if the Spirit's moving him, I can't do nothing much about the Spirit. So we're going to have to rock with it. Yeah, this. you could do nothing. But I, I, was, I was praying. I was like, yo, no disrespect to the clergy, my nigga. But <laughs> niggas is hot, B. I got on a tuxedo and my yeah, man's we behind so me on wet. tuxedo. You got to keep it moving. Yeah. If I when we get married again, because we gonna get married again, you just don't know yet. Um, when we get married Here again, I'm doing a fall wedding. I'm not doing a summer wedding. Just putting. It well, out there. I mean, well, so so here's a question for you. Mm-hmm. After we got married, mm-hmm. what did you what did you expect would be next? Because we got married under difficult circumstances, right? And then we're the wedding is over. We come back from the honeymoon. And we're back in the apartment, and right. you you have a job. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm going to do. Right. What were you thinking? I, I was honestly thinking like, oh shit. Okay, so the wedding is here and gone. Like, so so what are we supposed to do now? You know, no one prepares you for this stuff, and and I should say no one. I feel like no one in my family prepared me for it. Mm-hmm. Um, I just went off of seeing. Oh, okay, my parents are married and together. I have aunts and uncles married and together, but no one really prepared me I feel like in that they were able to divulge information about the actual act of being married and like you know as a wife things that my husband may expect from me or things that we should be planning towards doing we didn't do marriage counseling which was something my uncle was like you guys should totally do marriage counseling but Mm -hmm. I guess we didn't see the value in it at the time I'm not sure Um, but then also too some people are so tainted and jaded by their own situations that you kind of don't want to hear it I agree Especially because we had so many people over the years counting us out, saying, y'all ain't going to make it through that. Y'all ain't going to make it through that. So we were just like, I was just like, you know, we've always found a way, you know, so we're going to find a way. And there was just no other option to me. Like, this is something that was never going to fail. There was no other option. So we had to find a way. During the wedding, like during the wedding process, during the wedding, getting married at the end of the wedding. Now the marriage starts. Were you happy during that whole process? The wedding part was stressful. We had a very big wedding for no reason. Like mm-hmm. if I could do that all over again, I would do like you said in the beginning and have a smaller, intimate thing because a, a small fraction of those 333 people who actually came, we talked to still to this day. Right. You know, digging up people to find to go to a wedding is just ridiculous. Um, and that's something I didn't see at that point. I was just like blinded by like the dress and the day right. and the, the theatrics. Um but then after that, yes, I was happy in that moment. But then I went through a moment of being very unhappy and being like, well, what did I just do? Because you would ask me, do you want the wedding or should we get a house? Should we right. put a down payment on a house? In my mind, I was like, well, we already have two houses in other states. Let's do the wedding. Right. It's the one day. You know what I mean? Yes, it's one day, but it was the one day that this we now. This is our day. It's it goes day. down in history as our wedding day. And I'm right. only doing this one time. So right. um, for me, that was the biggest thing. Like, okay, we had the wedding day. That was done. But it's like the the what's next <laughs> part. See, and and full transparency, full transparency. I was scared throughout the whole process. I was unsure about everything, and I did not know what to. Ex- I didn't know how to feel. Mm-hmm. Like I I knew that I loved you, but in full transparency, I didn't know if I was ready 
to be married. Because you remember when I first proposed, I said we should be engaged for two years, rebuild our finances. Mm -hmm. And you were like, I don't want to be engaged for two years. Right. And at the time, I was thinking about what other people would say or would think. Mm -hmm. You know, I just got out of the NFL. Um, We were struggling financially. I didn't want to make it seem like it was a financial issue. Mm -hmm. And I didn't want to make... I didn't want to give people the benefit of thinking like, oh, well, DeVal screwed his money up mm-hmm. so they can't get married. Mm-hmm. So I, I was stressed. I had stressors outside of us that I was letting affect the decisions I made. Right. And it was also just like you said, marriage at that point to me was the next step to prove that I'm a man. Mm-hmm. You know, right. you graduate from high school, you get a degree. I mean, you graduate from high school, you get a scholarship, you go to college, you get a degree. You start your career. You have a woman. I have a career, I have a woman, I'm making money, I have to prove to everyone that I'm successful. Mm-hmm. Let's get married. That I'm grown up. You know what I'm saying? I gotta prove yes. that I'm grown up and I got yes. my shit together. Yeah. So you get married. After you get married, you buy a home. It was like those things were more important to me than actually knowing where, where we, we were. were. You know what I'm right. saying? Yes. Where we were, where it wasn't even the most important no. part of rather than me proving that I was so on my shit to everybody mm-hmm. else. Right. And that, some of that came from the fact that my friends had gotten married. Yes. The year and before. at some point, I feel like you had taken that out on me. Like, well, I got you this house and I got you this, that, and the third. And I, I was like, well, nigga, I asked you for all that. Like, you took it upon yourself to decide well, that you well, wanted to buy Well, you can't say this, you didn't ask me for it. Third. Yeah, wait, well, you gave me an ultimatum and said that <laughs> if I didn't... If I didn't make some serious, come on now, you said to make me if I didn't make some serious decisions. I didn't say buy a house though, but I wanted to know what was going to be the state of our future. Were we going to be moving towards being married, or were we just kind of dancing in this like relationship right. situation? So my decisions was. I never told you to buy no damn house. You did. No, I appreciate no. it. You did. I appreciate you it. You didn't tell me to buy a house, <laughs> but it was like I got to prove to this one. I didn't want to lose you. I wasn't ready I for marriage I because I didn't know where we were. Yes. But I was like, I got to prove to her that she's important to me right. and that we're not just shacking up. So. Getting a house and proposing was it. And then I thought I could give myself two more years with the engagement. And you was like, no, I want to get married next year. And that's nobody's fault. Yeah. We were both naive to the quote unquote American dream of this is how you do things. Right. And societal issues of being an athlete and you do this and do that. So that's where I was when we got married. Mm -hmm. Like, Like, that's full disclosure. Yeah. Like dead ass. I was scared. I didn't know. I just knew that I could figure it out. But I did know that with you, we could work through anything. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I always had the utmost faith in you. And it's crazy to hear you talk about this stuff now because in that moment, you seem to have shit all together. Like there were many moments where I would look at you and you seemed like you would be fine. And, you know, there were days that we had where I was just like, okay. My baby really needs like a hug today. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like he's mm-hmm. really feeling it. But you did a really great job of just making sure that I did not feel the brunt of everything we were going through. That's my father. I got I to gotta thank my father for that. Mm-hmm. Like no one, no one told me how to be a husband. But one thing my father showed me was strength. When mm-hmm. my parents were going through financial issues, we never knew. Mm-hmm. And growing up as an adult now, going through what I went through financially and going, going back to New York and my father having to help me financially and him explaining to me, well, you know, there were times I had to take money out because I had issues with this and that. And I was just like, you was going through all of that while I was applying to college, while Brian was up for college two years later. And I was like, you never said anything. Right. He was like, that's my job. I'm your dad. I said, you used to walk around here and smile all the time. That's crazy. And he's like, I put my faith in God and I know that everything will be all right. And I felt like if my father could do that, then that's part of being a husband. Yeah. It's holding that brunt. Yeah. You know, so that 
my wife, who's going to have to bear the brunt of having children, mm-hmm. should not have that stresses. And that's that's I one thing. Pat me up for that. You know, I, I appreciate you up, that. Pat me up. There we go. Yes, <laughs> but that's but that's that. I no. felt like that was my cross to bear. It was. No, I you hear know? you. I, I get it. I get it. And I think that was probably the hardest issue that we had. Um, in the beginning, in the beginning of yes. marriage, and and I came from a family that uh, my father made very wise financial decisions. My mom was a hard worker; she still is. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, early on in my childhood, I remember them really working together financially to be able to set things up for us. You know, two immigrant um, people coming up to America to start a life and leave some sort of legacy for their children. My parents did an excellent job with that, um, and that was some of the takeaways that I've gotten from my parents as like good right. advice. You know, right. and then over the years, life happens, and you, as you get older, you tend to see why your parents don't communicate the, the way they used to or right. you know things start to you start to recognize and realize things right. as an adult and it's not a blame game where you say blame right. one person or the other or, you know mom is right dad is wrong you just realize you just realize that they're people and their stresses that they're dealing with which is in part to why I don't really listen to as much advice per se when it comes to relationships and why I don't profess to be a relationship oh, I expert. Feel you. you know, I feel you. we've had people on social media, you know, ask us about doing marriage counseling or about doing, you know, relationship panels and things like that. That would be tough. And I'm sitting here still trying to figure out this man every single day. Every <laughs> single day I wake up. Because I change every day. <laughs> exactly. I change on purpose. I like fucking with you. Yes, clearly. I wake up Tuesday. What am I going to be today? Because you want me to be crazy. <laughs> I'm convinced. I think you can low-key like that. <laughs> I like when you're crazy. It, it, the sex is better when you're crazy. You know, but Plus we're still... It's, it's, it's someone exciting. recently, I think in one of the questions that we had asked recently was like, hey, um, do you mind mentoring me and my husband in our marriage or something like that? And I was like, well, nigga, I need a mentor for my damn marriage. <laughs> like, who am I going to talk to? <laughs> no, facts. You know? Facts. Um, and, the, and that's just how it tends to be. Well, it's so. funny you said something about advice, right? One of the... I wouldn't even call it advice, mm-hmm. but one thing I learned from my father... Mm-hmm. And I learned from your father is that when your finances are in order, mm-hmm. your marriage is a, a lot happier place. I can because totally feel that. finances is the number one reason why most people get divorced. Mm-hmm. And people come from different financial backgrounds. Right. People, you know, have different. You and I did. I didn't know anything about like a credit card or credit scores or anything. That was probably one of the biggest things that we had to go through yeah. was learning each other financially. Right. Because think about it. You, you meet in college. Mm hmm. I'm on scholarship, you're on scholarship, you're an RA. We uh-huh. both have stipends uh-huh. and meal plans. Right. There's no stresses there financially. Absolutely not. That's why I was always say right. college, college years were the best years. We had no stresses. And then we <laughs> go from college to the NFL. Right. No. Now I have an abundance of money. I had no money, right. no stresses, an abundance of money. Right. So you get into this la-la land world of, oh, this is easy. Being right. an adult is it's easy. easy. Yep. Then reality comes like a Mack truck and... No one was there to teach you you. how to communicate through those financial issues. For example, I remember with the Amex card. Everyone calls you the Amex killer, right? (laughs) Amex killer. And let me be clear. (laughs) Kadeen has always worked and always made money. She's always made real good money. Right. She's never been just a stay-at-home mom. Even when we were playing, even when I was playing ball, she was always out trying to figure out what she's going to do with her career. Mm -hmm. She figured that out with makeup. When I had retired. Right. So Kadeen always made money. The issue was the rate at which you spend money <laughs> and understanding debt to income ratio. ratio. And yes. you would get so upset at me. We shared an American Express because she needed to build her credit. I always had good credit because my father helped me build my credit with credit right. cards. Right, which is something I, I, my parents didn't talk to me about really right. like that. My father had good credit, but I, it was never like a lesson thing. It was like, I'm going to take care of you. Y'all are good. Right, which, yeah. which I understand now. Yeah. But... My father's thing was you always go through your itemized list 
and you check your account every day. Mm-hmm. So for me, I'm going through my itemizers. I'm checking my account. So I'm like, Kadeen, what'd you spend on this? How much was this? And you used to get so upset. I was like, like you why are you checking me? You see it. <laughs> you can add. Like, See, but it wasn't about me adding. It was about <laughs> yeah, me taking you through the process of learning. Learning, right. But that was also something we never had to deal with in our relationship. Right. So that stress mm-hmm. was new to us. And yeah. it made it seem like marriage was fucking us up. Right. Because that was just a new stress. Had right. that stress been added when we were in college. Mm-hmm. You know, then we would have been used to dealing with that communication. Right. So learning how to deal Everything with the finances. Was like a learning curve for us. Yeah. That's the best advice I got from my father mm-hmm. and watching your father. Right. Communicating and being one with the finances made mm-hmm. things a lot smoother. No, absolutely. So some of the, the, the practices that we use to keep a good balance in our relationship. I think the biggest practice is trying to over communicate. Yes. Like it's yes. like we have very long conversations yes. sometimes. But it's so necessary. Yes. It's so necessary because nothing falls by the wayside. Nothing falls through the cracks. And it leaves less room for assuming. Right. Assuming that you know. Assuming that you understand. You yeah. know, agreeing to can't disagree. You can't You can't let stuff falter when it comes to, to, to marriage and relationships. So, Just like today. Remember, you like, were like, uh, we were arguing. Yeah, we and were you were like, can we guys. table this until later? And I was like, no. Yeah. We're not tabling shit. I just like really we can't, to table we can't that. table that. And sometimes I just, I mean, you're just exhausting. See, but this is what and happens. I woke though. Already tired, so I was like, damn. But this is what happens though. You want to table it for when it's convenient for me. Convenient. I knew you were going to say that. But if I got to deal with it, it's not convenient for me to table that. Right. So we have to push through that inconvenience. Yeah, Deval's not a table that discussion no, kind of person. No, I can't. Deval I can't is table gonna, it. He's going to head on deal with it right now. And you don't just do that with me. You do that with everyone. everything in business. Yes. With your friendship, I feel like it's the best way to get it out. With your parents, with your brother. And you sometimes get a bad rap for that. But one yes. thing you'll never have to do is guess about how Deval is feeling. No, I'm going to be honest. It, yeah, it takes it takes the unknown out of it with you, which is, is comforting. And that's, that's also how we grew up differently. Yeah. Because oh, yeah. my father oh, yeah. and my mom will be on you about something. Yeah. Whereas in your family, they kind of like, all right. Oh, yeah. It's kind of just... My parents... Not talk about this. <laughs> yeah. They're awful, awful communicators. Independently, collectively, that's spilled off onto my brother, my sister, and I. I mean, my brother, sister, and I have developed a relationship because we're super close where we mm-hmm. have our own talk. little chats and we talk and stuff like that. But even when my mom tries to call these family meetings to talk, it's always like an awkwardness and they're just weird and nothing gets accomplished. And I think at this point, you know, my parents are older and they're set in their ways with certain things. Right. And that's their marriage, so I'm right. not going to speak on that. Right. Um, but as an adult, I'm able to see and then speak to them both separately as individuals right. you know and say okay I understand this I understand that hey maybe you should fix that or fix that right. you know and it's probably hard to hear from your kids you know about yourself absolutely my father you know? does not want to hear from he me he don't want to hear from if, if I even start to say you know what I think Scoop he'd be like nope and I don't care <laughs> Like my mother is always the checker. Like my, my brother is just like you always the one to check somebody, but you never want to be the checky. Like I want to check you on what you've been doing. Like I want to call you on it because this is worth a discussion. And I think as I've become this in your face kind of person with mm-hmm. my family, I think sometimes it takes them aback because they're like, right. Kadeen, like you're borderline disrespectful, disrespectful, especially. In a West Indian household, you don't talk you don't back. Talk back. You don't. You just do as you're told. You know, you you are in the room in the backdrop just to be seen and not right. heard as a child. Um, so I think sometimes my family takes or taken aback when I I speak out. But I said this works though. Like it's worked with my marriage to get me to this point. It's worked in so many other relationships to just be so honest and upfront. So so like, speaking of try honesty, it. try it. I yes. have a question for you. Mm-hmm. A moment of vulnerability. 
Okay. What is one of the most difficult issues that you feel like as a wife you've had to take on or learn how to deal with, with being married to me? Oh, man. Um, well, being married to you specifically. Well, you, you was married to somebody else I don't know about. <laughs> I mean, damn, I would have liked to know that. How to meet this nigga. You know that. No, it was me kind of like processing like that. You developed uh-huh. specifically. Um, I think a challenge for me, and it's maybe not even just as a wife, but just as Kadeen as an individual, matching your intensity level sometimes mm-hmm. is difficult for me to keep up with. And it's a good and a bad thing because it helps me to stay motivated. It helps me to stay driven. It helps me to mm-hmm. stay on top of things as I'm working through my, you know, art of procrastination. Like sometimes it leaves me feeling like I'm falling short. It okay. leaves me feeling like I You say that all the time that you feel inadequate. Enough. You yes, say that all the time. I do because I feel like sometimes I'm not able to to, to, to hold up to my end of the bargain the way you see fit. Like, you are such an intense person. You're a go-getter. You're, you, your work ethic is unlike anything I've seen in an individual, probably next to my mom, you know? And it's, right. it's just, sometimes I'm just like, damn, I want to be like that. Like, I, I have a front row seat to your life every day, and I see that some nights you get a few hours of sleep, and you're up, right. and you're moving, and you're doing a thousand things at once. And I'm just like, how does he do it? But question it, how does, but what I don't understand is, and, and we talk about this all the time, is that's one of the issues that I deal with the most, is that we both work in this marriage, but we work differently. Yeah. I have to learn how to allow you to work through your process to get stuff done or be who you want to be and not expect you to do it the way I want it. Because that, to me, is where I struggle because I know mm-hmm. it's like I would have did it like this and felt like that. Well, like I said, you always think you're right in an argument, and it's the same way. You're, I know your way I'm right. is the I know. right way. I know. <laughs> I know. You know you're right. Yes, I know I'm right. We get it. But that's the same way. The way you deal with things is like the, <laughs> it's like the Bible. You know what I mean? And I'm just like, I did not arrive at it at that way. Just right. because I arrived at it differently does not mean that my path was less traveled. No, doesn't I mean agree. that my path was less, you know— it, it didn't work any less than yours. I agree. I think that's the hardest part about being married. For me, like being being vulnerable, the hardest issue to work with is that. Learning how to let your your significant other be them as opposed to being us collectively. Yeah. Because you're still growing and you're still going to be, you know, you're still growing. You're going to be your own person. Yeah. And that, and that doesn't, and the reason why I use that rather than just one issue, because that issue goes across the lines with sex, finances, work, kids. We do everything differently. Mm-hmm. We parent differently. We speak to the kids differently. We approach sex differently. We approach finances differently. Mm-hmm. And in the past, I used to try to change you mm-hmm. to try to do it the way I do it. And I used to watch you be so miserable trying to do it the way I do it that well, it's like yeah. I don't even want you to try to do it the way I do it because well, now you're miserable. Well, who wants to do it at that point if it's not organic, if it's not going to be authentic to how I feel at that time? And then it just feels manufactured. I get And then that. who wants to even deal with that in a marriage, a manufactured version of somebody? The person, I would assume that you're with me because I I, I have attributes that you like and you enjoy and that attracted you to me I agree but what happens in a lot of marriages and what happens with us is we fell in love with each other through with those attributes without stressors true so at 18 at yes. 18 right so it's like I fell in love with you like this when we were going through just this mm-hmm. and then we really started to go through stuff mm-hmm. and it's like damn I didn't know she was gonna go through that like that <laughs> 
true. know what I'm saying? I thought she was right. going to bust a left. She bust a right. Right. You know, no, so, you're right. So that goes back to the conversation your mom had with us early, early, early yes. on. I'll never forget it, guys. So this was how many years into our relationship? Maybe. We were in college. So it was still three years. So yeah, you know, three, four years into, into our relationship. And um, Deval and I, we'd fallen asleep upstairs in the bed. Yes. Yeah. But it was like I was crossway on the bottom. Heel toe, like, uh, yeah. Head to toe. It was like head to toe. Like yeah. I wasn't feeling well. I think I might have had a headache or something. And, and we I was were sitting TV. on the edge of the bed. Yeah. And Deval was sitting on the edge of the bed. He, he ended up falling asleep. So, you know, his mom wakes us up and calls us downstairs. And she's sitting there with her Pepsi because she always has a Pepsi. And she's stirring her straw slowly in the cup you know so to, build, to build suspense as she's about to like read the two of us so she's you know stirring her oh, her gosh. pepsi ever so slowly and she finally is like um uh did i miss the wedding <laughs> and i was like what and she's like did i miss the wedding That's you know so, so you guys are sleeping in beds together and stuff you know did i miss the wedding and i was like Karen, oh I love you. lord i, I was like from we are in trouble we're in trouble but at that point she had a discussion with us about being individuals yes and being able to find that and being whole people before we decide to get so serious about each other. And that's where we messed up. And that's where we messed up. We were not full people. And how could we be at 18? Right. Like, I'm feeling about 75% at 30-something years old. So how could, Yo, like, what were we at 18? Think about it, though. We spent all of our 20s trying to be versions of ourselves that we thought the other person wanted us to be. Yep. That's how we spent our 20s. Right. Like I, I spent my twenties being like I wanted to be this for Kadeem. Right. You or spent what society the, dictates you should right. be in your twenties. Right. And we spent what four years of our twenties married. Mm-hmm. All of our years living together in our twenties, trying to be versions of what we thought the other person wanted to be. And now in our thirties, it's like okay, I I want to be myself. I don't want to do that shit anymore. <laughs> no. So now I have to deal with the fact right. that you want to be yourself while I'm wanting to be myself. Right. And we're not the people that we thought right. we fell in love with. That realistically, that's really what happened to us. And the art of it now is trying to dance with each other through this. But, well, now, so now that you say that, let me ask a question. Why does marriage work for you? Like, why? Why Now that you know all of this, mm-hmm. we're still married, which we're means neither married. one of us asked to be divorced. Because I just love you. I mean, you asked me a couple of times here and there over the years. Before a divorce? Yeah. No, I didn't ask you for a divorce. I asked you if you wanted to be married anymore. Because that was a legitimate question uh, for me. You asking the same question in two different ways. No, I didn't say I want a divorce. Oh, as, no, 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 no. I was like, yo, do you want to be married? Yeah, we, we technically, guys, we've been divorced like two or three times internally. Since last week. And remarried. Week. Um, yeah, <laughs> two or three times. Um, but it, it, well, first of all, I just can't see myself with anybody but you. Mm-hmm. And at this point, in our careers, I don't think social media could deal with you being with nobody else. Because nah, she would get. Let me trashed. tell you, my my girls, okay, my my people on Instagram was just like, no, you're not, not going anywhere, <laughs> and that's not fair. Because <laughs> you're not if, going if anywhere. If you remarried, and, and they would be like, oh, get them, girl, that's right, get your new prince. But if it was me, they would be doing sending all sorts of emojis on my page, no, and blocking no, her, and they doing. Yes, they would. No, that's they how wouldn't. girls are. No, they wouldn't. Yes, they no, would. No, I mean, but it works for me because I I, I still. See Deval and Kadeen with so much hope and so much life and so many dreams and so green at 18. Like, there's still that version of you and I here somewhere. I mean, we, of course, we have like children now and we have right. life and, and the children, of course, like leaving a legacy for our children. Like, let's really talk about what marriage is like, yeah. leaving a legacy, legacy for these building. boys, you know? Empire building. Um, absolutely. Um, and I just, it's, for me, it's still worth it every day to, to wake up and decide that I want to be 
with you and be committed to you. Um, That's what's up. It's worth it for me. That's what's up. It's worth it. I thought you was going to say because you like the way I stroke you out, but... Guess I was just thinking. Somewhere yeah, else. that's that's a nice um, that's a nice additive. <laughs> that's a nice additive. Okay, it is. <laughs> the reason why marriage works for me, right? When I think about everything that we've been through, mm-hmm. I feel like, to be honest, now I don't even feel like we've been together seventeen years. It doesn't feel like seventeen years. No, 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 not not in that sense. I feel like the people we were for those first like twelve years. We were trying to be other people because yeah. we were still trying to figure ourselves out. Mm-hmm. I feel like for the past five years, mm-hmm. we've settled into who we are starting to become. And I feel like I'm getting to know you mm-hmm. now. Right. Right. I feel like I'm getting to know you now. I think the rediscovery is beautiful. That's And that's what I think. I feel like the rediscovery through being married has been just great. It's been amazing. Now, it hasn't been everything I expected. Like, there have been some twists and turns Mm -hmm. and stuff like that. But I feel like learning who you really are and you being open now to Mm -hmm. being like, you know what, Deval, I really just don't want to do that. It's it's like I'm I'm enjoying that process. I feel like I'm dating. Yeah. Because we've never dated. If you think about it. Yeah. 18, 18, we meet each other. We didn't really date. We had our little breaks where we talked to other people like that. But we didn't date. We didn't go out in court. Mm -hmm. When you and I now married, Mm -hmm. go out to eat and we sit down and talk about really what we want now. I feel like, damn, like that is new. That's Kadeen. Yeah. Sometimes you know how to switch it up. I put on my good wig and, you know. The wig definitely helps. You know, the the wig and the red lip. I'm channeling Kadeen circa 2003. That's what you're channeling? The problem is when I wake up the next morning. 10, 15 pounds or something. But it'd be 10, 15 in the the right places. Good. Okay. But the problem is when I wake Mm -hmm. up the next morning Mm -hmm. and the wig be messed up (laughs) and the eyeliner be off and the red lip be smeared, sometimes I wake up and I'd be like, oh shit. Eyelash be hanging I'd be like, which Kadeen is this? And I'd be poking you like, like, hey, which Kadena you this morning? And, and then you'd be like, huh? huh? <laughs> but at least I know you as enjoyed kids, yourself. As the kids crawl into the bed. Right. It's funny you say like 12 years we spent not knowing each other. I feel like it's almost like we got a couple months into this relationship because after having all those kids and yeah, finally being, yeah. you know, out of the postpartum phase more or less, we starting fresh like today, like here and now. Can we be like fresh? Like, we could be fresh. New? We could be fresh. Like we're brand, brand new right now. Yes. So everything in the past, we don't got to worry about that. What happens now, moving <laughs> forward, we're good to All go. Right. Yeah, that's your favorite thing to do is moving forward. Yes. That's whenever you want to clean the slate. Let's not talk about old shit. <laughs> moving forward, that's one thing I've learned about Kadeen recently. Kadeen don't want to ever talk about nothing. She just want to say, well, moving forward. Yeah, move forward. We got to do forward. better. Let's not live well, in the Well, past. moving forward, let's talk about some pros mm-hmm. of being married, especially for people of color. Mm. What are some of the pros? You know, my number one. Talking about the legacy, baby, because that's something that we have not had ever. Generational wealth, building a legacy, leaving things behind for generations to come. Absolutely, Um, we talk about that a lot. Yeah, we've talked about that since college. Mm -hmm. Um, Having boys, I have my legacy is pretty good right now. I got three Ellises. They'll continue on the Ellis name. You know, my babies. Um, You know what's funny? The best part about about marriage to Mm -hmm. me, one of the pros is just the teamwork. Yeah. I know for a fact that if I rob a bank and they try to ask you, <laughs> you can't even say nothing in court because we got this husband-wife privilege. That's so just what go it ahead is. and ask my wife. She ain't seen shit. <laughs> she ain't seen shit. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like you, but like we're literally built-in best friends. It's yes, nice when you can yes, have a built-in best friend and just yes. be like, "Yeah, well, that's my friend." That's I think I think that that's one of the friend. pros of marriage. Also, mm-hmm. 
Um, and I think this is important too. Mm-hmm. From the sex tip, right? Mm-hmm. Of course you would talk about I'm just, that. We got to. When you got one person that you know that y'all can freak off and you can do whatever it is that you really want to do mm-hmm. and you don't have to have that worry. Mm-hmm. If she get pregnant, she get pregnant. You know what I'm saying? Well, but I, it's like... That's not good. That's not good. I'm not talking about pregnant, but what I'm saying is, is that <laughs> no, enjoying that raw, nice animalistic style love making session mm-hmm. and wake up in the morning and not have to worry mm-hmm. you know if both parties are invested in each other in like each that other, yeah absolutely. because i have single friends uh-huh. who you know they you know they'll talk and they'll be like oh Yo, you know met this chick last night you know it happened you know what i'm saying i put a condom on and i'm like ah and uh, they'll be wait, like what single friends you and got be like, i uh, go through my mental rolodex now and be like stop thinking about my I, single friends I, I, but uh <laughs> they'll be like i'm not sure and i'm like what you mean you're not sure and like I'm, I'm gonna have to go to the doctor. I don't really know Shorty, oh, and I'm like, I don't, yikes. I don't want to have to worry about that, right? Because then you got to worry about not only just STDs, but you got to worry about pre- pregnancy. Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of things that come with that. That mm-hmm. Russian roulette of having sex with multiple partners, right. And being safe. I love the fact that we can just dive right in and mm-hmm. and just let it let it happen, right? And then you know, just if, just not two days in a row. I, yeah, just not to because everybody. Let's make tired. this clear. Kadeem do not like having sex <laughs> two days in a row. I need to recuperate. She don't like having sex two days in I a row. Can't. This is this that is a big issue for me in marriage. <laughs> let's do, we talk about one of the. But cons. today's a new day. A new day. Remember I said that. <laughs> now she want to move we forward. Yo, we've been reminiscing like, all right day about now. the. We were reminiscing okay. about uh, the, the the engagement, the <laughs> wedding. She's like, oh yeah, you sang to me, and the <laughs> ring was beautiful. Sex two days in a row. Let's not talk about old shit. That's old shit. That's her. All right, starting That's now, her. right? <laughs> starting now. Today and tomorrow, I got you. We're moving forward. We'll keep y'all updated on that if it happens. You know, in the future. <laughs> This for the record. There it is. A win for the ages. Tiger Woods is one of our most awe-inspiring sports icons. And his story, it comes with many chapters. I am deeply sorry for my irresponsible and selfish behavior. But here it is. The return to glory. This is All-American. A new series from Stitcher, hosted by me, Jordan Bell. You realize Tiger Woods doesn't know who he is. Best in the history of golf. No question in my mind. And this season, with the help of journalist Albert Chen, we're asking. What if the story of Tiger Woods that the media has been telling, what if it's been completely wrong? All-American Tiger is out now. Listen in Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or your favorite podcast app. All right, one of my favorite segments, it's the listener letters. So this is a time that we get to engage with you guys a little bit. You get to ask some questions, and we get to tell you what we think. You know, his perspective, my perspective, our perspective. What relationship advice would you give to your 26-year-old self? DeVal at 26 years oh, old. I think I touched on this a little bit. You did touch on yeah. this a little bit. Well, you tell me about yours, your 26-year-old self. My 26-year-old self, I would tell my 26-year-old self to not make decisions based on what you think your significant other wants you to do. Mm-hmm. Because they don't really know themselves mm-hmm. and you don't really know yourself yet. So if you're making decisions based on what you think they want, that could be a completely wrong decision because that's what we did. Yeah, I made decisions thinking, for example, the house 
Yeah. You know, doing certain things like, oh, Kadeen's going to want this or Kadeen's going to like this. Mm-hmm. Completely wrong. You have to make decisions who are true to yourself and also understanding that your life is not going to be defined in your 20s. Mm-hmm. You do not have to make any life-changing decisions in your 20s thinking that you have to keep up with anyone else in their life. Because at 30 is when I really felt like I was hitting my prime and I'm, I'm young. All of the people who I aspire to challenge in life as far as being great when they hear that you're 35, they're like, oh, you're so young. You have so much time. Mm-hmm. But in your 20s, you think, my life is over at 30. Yeah. I would tell my 26-year-old self to vow, slow down, make some decisions, and set yourself up for the marathon, not the sprint. Mm, that's a good one. Yeah, I, I think mine was very similar. I think I mentioned it before. It's just not really 26-year-old Kadeen, don't sit and be concerned about the checklist of life, whatever mm-hmm. that is. You know, I, I as a woman had this mental list, like by 21, I'm graduated. By 23, I have my dream job. By 25, I meet this amazing, handsome man. And by 27, I have my first child in my first home. It's like this su- succession of life that I think that you aspire towards, regardless of what it is. It may be, be due to the way you were raised and what you see by your family or the way your parents did things or your, your peers did things. And it's like, make those decisions based off of what you really want. And you're still figuring it out at 26. Right. Like you're still, you're, you're not a whole individual at 26. So, so like you said, take your time, like slow down and enjoy it because I would love to go back to 26 now. Everything Absolutely. I know Knowing at 35, you know now, yeah. I'd go back to 26 in a heartbeat and be like, okay, this is what I would tweak a little bit as long as you would still be there with me. I'd be there. You? And I would make sure that our 26-year-old selves made better financial decisions. Absolutely. By not listening to everyone. Yeah. Not just throwing money in the stock market. Right. Just buying random property just because you think you have to buy property. Yeah. Like, when I think about it now at 26, mm-hmm. if I would have just waited mm-hmm. until I knew what the market was like. Yeah. Or realizing what different investments there were. You don't right. have to just invest in property. Right. You, you can invest in technology. Mm-hmm. You know, there's so many different things. Uh, you can invest in energy. Right. Like, we had no idea at the time. We had no idea. Yeah. 26 years old. So we were going off of the advice that we got from right. the people who we valued, you know? Right. Um, not to say you can't get great advice from people right. who you value in your life, whether it be your you know, parents, peers, and whatnot, but don't let that be the be-all that ends all for no. you. It um, would be patience. Yeah. Patience, definitely. Yeah. Okay. Let's go to the next question. How do you stay faithful to your wife? Ooh, inquiring minds want to know. It's hard. Because like we discussed, my wife don't like to have sex two days in a row. <laughs> so if I have sex on Monday, a nigga, oh. a nigga not allowed to be horny on Tuesday. Because <laughs> on Tuesday, Skip I'm not a getting day, any. bro. Don't um, be better for everybody. <laughs> this is not an easy question mm-hmm. because it's not easy. Like, it's not easy. There's so many different vices on Instagram, on Facebook, just walking down the street. There's so many different. And, and women are beautiful. Like, I love women. I'm never going to hide from the fact that I, I love women. And I think that there are a bunch of different beautiful women. My wife knows this. Some of the major decisions I make about being faithful, um, one, number one, is to try to respect what my wife has given me. Like she's given me three boys, right? You, You go through a lot being pregnant for almost a year and then delivering children. So I try to honor the fact that she has sacrificed her body and her health. So let me try to be disciplined in what I'm doing to sacrifice some of the things I need to at least match that brunt of, of that cross that she had to bear. So that's number one. Number two, obviously, is being brand conscious, mm-hmm. right? 
I am a man that pushes family. I can't be a man that pushes family and disrespect my family. And be out in these streets. I can't. Like, I just can't <laughs> do it. So, it, now, now I'm not saying that, you know, people who do do that just aren't being brand conscious. But what I'm saying is, for me, that's a decision that I just have to deal with all the time. You know, you walk in the street, oh, that's the foul, you know, da, da, da. women throw, you know, throw a little pass at you or whatever. You got to learn how to block it. Psh, psh, you block all of that. But be, trying to be brand conscious, respecting my wife, and also just... Wanting to have a clean soul. Like, I want to focus on what I need to do. It's hard to focus on what you're doing while you're trying to juggle women. I went through a point in our relationship where I was trying to juggle. When I was, when we were living together and I was in Michigan and Kadeem was back home, it was like an opportunity for me to try to see what I could do. There was no one here. Mm -hmm. And it's hard. You can't focus on trying to be a great person if you're trying to hide this from your wife and hide this from your girlfriend and make sure this woman has enough attention and that woman has enough attention. So for me, it's really just focusing on what I want to do with my life. Like, I want to be great. I want to be a great actor. I want to be a great father. I want to be a great content creator. And I can't do that if I'm focused on stuff that's going to take my attention away from my greatness. So for me, it's easy to stay faithful because I have other things that matter to me mm -hmm. more than just having sex. Right. You know what I'm saying? No, absolutely. And I mean, I think that too, you know, over the years we both have had our issues, you know what right. I mean? With um, infidelity and... We both had our transgressions. We had, we've had our transgressions. Being even together from infidelity. 18, yeah. like... Like we've had to have had to kind of endure different things at, yeah. at earlier on in our relationship. Um, so that's something we never shy away from or we never mm -mm. try to hide the fact that, you know, we've worked through stuff. Right. Um, but for us, it was worth it. And... Um, how do you stay faithful to your husband? That that wasn't one of the questions on the sheet. <laughs> no, I'm asking she it. Asks, I'm asking she it. Asks. I mean, you make this it is from this is from at <laughs> I am Deval. Um, how do you stay faithful to your husband? Um, you make it pretty easy for me to do that, to be honest. Because um, you don't like having sex every day. Yeah, because I don't. <laughs> uh, so pretty much, I had nothing left to give nobody. So I make else. sure Monday, Wednesday, Friday, you good. You good for the rest Space of the week. Space that shit out, and I'm gonna be good to go. I'm be good to go. Nah, but let's be real though. You're yeah. a very, very attractive woman. Thank you. Right, and I know people probably sliding your DMs and. As things grow for us, we're going to be around a lot of different type of men. Mm -hmm. There may be some different men who are bigger than me, taller than me, have more money than me, mm -hmm. that may be like, you know what, I'm going to see if Kadeem is with it. Right. How do you face that temptation? Other than knowing that I will fuck a nigga up. <laughs> but how do you face that temptation? Jeez, the pressure. Gosh, why you have to be all hostile with that? I get hostile about mine. But I ahead. see you do. I see you do. Um, but no, honestly, like you said, we we both are working towards so many great things that mm -hmm. I feel like, is it really worth it? Like, those are the questions I ask myself now. And not even just with, like, other passes that may get thrown my way or anything. It's just, like, what's really worth it right now? Like, I have so much to focus on. I procrastinate like hell, like I said. So... <laughs> I can't find time to prioritize somebody else in the equation if I'm really trying to work at being like my best version of Kadeen, Um and being the best mother I can be and the best wife I can be and um, the best actress I can be. Like there's so many other things that I can spend time on right now, you know, and for me, it doesn't ultimately boil down to sex. Like sex is not really that big of a deal for me personally on, mm -hmm. on my 
Now, if you have sex with somebody else, it's going to be a problem for me. But me having oh, you, sex, you gonna spaz it's going to be a problem. But me, personally, it's not one of those things that I'm just, like, chasing after and I need to have variety and I want to juggle and all that stuff. I ain't coordinated anyway, so I'd probably get caught. So I'm like, yeah. Nah. You're not coordinated? You are very coordinated. <laughs> nah. I got, I got a question. That's a question. Because somebody asked me this question, right? Oh, yeah? Yes. Because remember we did the video about me and Jackson, and he was like, you looking at booty. Yeah. And someone asked me, like, Deval, how do you feel about your wife following other men on Instagram? And does she get upset when you follow like like IG models? No. And I was like, I was like, nah. She, my wife doesn't get upset. Like she, no. She sends me video models sometimes. I think it's healthy. Like you should be able to talk look about at another, that. Uh, yeah, I think you should be able to look at somebody of the opposite sex and admire them for the beauty that they have, whatever it may be. I'm just not. I'm not. I, I don't feel like the security that I have in myself. I don't. It doesn't bother me. It doesn't bother me. And you're you're not you're a, a human being. Right. We're married, but we're also still human beings. That's and what I'm saying. Like you should be able to see a, a woman walking down the street the same way I should be able to that's, see a man walking down the I'm street saying. and be able to be like, wow, that's a good looking man or that's, that's a good that's looking what woman. I, don't say it out or loud. That girl's don't that. don't say it out loud, but you can think it though. Ch- no. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just playing I'm just playing. Chances are I'm gonna point it out to you. Like you can appreciate nah, I mean, a good looking man. And we and the thing is, I think that's just the something in our relationship. We've always we've been, always like, been that. like that since yeah. since we That's were true. kids. That's true. Since we were kids, we've always looked at other people and been like, "Yeah, oh no, she's a nice looking woman." Or you'd be like, yeah. "Oh, I think he's handsome." Yeah. That's yeah. why, like, when I saw you follow Alpha Black Men, right? I blocked them, but I wasn't mad when I saw you was following <laughs> it. They be posting stuff. Oh, yeah. I wasn't brothers. mad when I saw right. it. I just blocked them without yeah. you knowing it. You blocked them on my page? <laughs> no, I didn't. <laughs> you did not. <laughs> no, it doesn't. She, she, he the the young man asked me how I felt about it. Yeah, and I'm a, I'm gonna tell him the answer I gave him. Right. Uh-huh. I said, listen, my wife got to deal with me, right? But she sees me every single day. Mm-hmm. If she gonna look at her phone and she gonna look at some dudes that got abs and got a beard or whatever, and she gonna get hot and bothered, and then she gonna come home and put that on me, <laughs> I need that. Because I, I told him, I said, the minute your girl stop looking at other men like that, she gonna stop looking at you the same way. Like, I feel like it's healthy, like, to get that stimulation and to know that you want something and then Mm -hmm. go home and know that the person that you're looking at, you have one of those at home. Right. To me, I feel like that's healthy. Mm -hmm. Like, I do look at video models, right? But then I look at video models, but I look at my wife. And I'm just like, I'm just like, I got got one at home. Like, I have this is like, this is mine. And I, I try to be the same thing for you. That's why I be in the gym. I appreciate that. that, You know, that's the only reason why I ever grow up my beard. I do not like having a beard. I love you, but with I your know beard, you though. love beards. I do. And whenever not just I can, beards, I like your beard. You like my beard? Yeah. Well, that was smooth. How you ah, threw that in there? You see that, right? Ah. But I only grow my beard when I'm not filming or auditioning, so mm-hmm. that I know that I could be what you need or mm-hmm. want to see. Yeah. Because I think that's my responsibility as a man. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I like, absolutely. My wife likes uh, men with abs and mm-hmm. work out. I need to work out. That's my bad. I sure. be in the gym squatting. Squatting yes. 185, 200 pounds. 225. You squatted 225 for three. Oh, 225 for look three. Cake, cake, cake. Yes. Yes, I got it. And, and so the, another thing. All those girls on IG. Another thing, <laughs> you got to push your significant other. Because I, I feel like we have to push each other to be the best versions of ourselves. Absolutely. You know? If you can't push each other, then who's going to do it? I remember when you told me about my back fat. I did. And you was like, baby. Yeah. I was like, what? You was like, you, you was like I'm not going to give you no more Oreos. <laughs> I was like, what? You <laughs> was like, I'm not giving you no more Oreos. I was like, you, like, you, you got back fat coming. <laughs> and I was like, no, I don't. But then I had to look it in was the mirror. that or you had to up your cardio. I was about to get you a waist trainer to wear them sweatbands. I'm not wearing a waist trainer. See, there you go, amping <laughs> stuff. Now now the show is over. I was Thank you, guys. You one of them waist- <laughs> 
Them sweatpants. Could you imagine Lather me in, you a, in the gym with a waist trainer on? <laughs> I'm too light skinned for a weight trainer. I can't get on. They already make fun of me for being light skinned. And you would be in the side group chat. Like, can you put yeah. this nigga Yo, down? Look on. at this nigga DeVal got all the weight trainer. <laughs> and he put the stuff on his stomach. He put the it's, stuff on his stomach. It's only because Kay likes it though. Because Kay bought it for him. That's the, that they wouldn't care. They, they would not care. care. I would nah, get clowned. I'm not going to anyway. do that to you. You work out hard enough as it is. You good. You good. I appreciate you, baby. Yeah. I appreciate you. Oh, listen, letters. This was always a good time. Yes, 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 always yes. A good time. Well, listen, if you want to be featured on one of our listening letters, email us at deadassadvice at D E A D A S S A D V I C E at gmail.com. We appreciate you. Can't wait to hear Now, Kadeem, I got to know your moment of truth. We talked about marriage. Mm. It's your moment of truth when it comes to marriage. Wow, it's so loaded. Jeez, marriage is so loaded and such a heavy topic. Um, I would say my, my moment of truth or my, my takeaway from this, this whole thing is um, really just working on who you are. Who are you? As an individual, you have to do that. It's so important. And the thing that you have to know is once you figure that out, know that that's going to change. And when you marry somebody, you have to be willing to work with that person through the change because the change is going to happen. It's inevitable regardless of what area of life you're in. If it's just being married, if it's working on the first kid or the second kid or the third kid or a career change, there's always going to be a change. Right. If you're secure in who you are and you're able to put that trust in your spouse, you can really work through anything. Absolutely. You can really work through anything. And it just really takes a lot of understanding and a lot of compromising um, to make it work. Well, my moment of truth is, that was great, by the way. Thanks. Uh, my moment of truth is this. Marriage cannot be a milestone set by an individual who just decides that at this point in my life, I'm going to be married. Because mm-hmm. I think we both did that. And listening to you speak your truth today, like I said, this is a lot like therapy for us. I feel like we both learned that marriage was something that we set our eyes on and said, well, we have to get to here. Mm -hmm. So let's do it without learning each other. And like you said, learning ourselves first. Absolutely. So the moment of truth is do not look at marriage as a milestone. Mm -hmm. And if you don't aspire to be married, it's okay. That I feel is like very people true. need to understand marriage yes. is not for everybody. That's true. It's really not. And if that's something that you deep down feel like you haven't found the right person, or if you're that person that just always wants to have control and is not willing to change and to budge and you are sure of who you are and that's just it, then marriage may not be for you and that is okay. That is true. You and I have that's both okay. talked about that. Yeah. Like, you know, it's funny. You and I both talked about the fact that mm-hmm. if we had to do it all over again, would marriage be for us right and we talked about that and feeling like it would be okay if we were able to focus on other things in our life other than marriage so right. that was that was i think that was i think that was a great way to cap it and yeah. that marriage is is an option yes not a necessity yes you know it's, it's an option did marriage choose me or did i choose marriage guess we both chose marriage baby yeah i chose you you chose me i chose you Yo, you smooth. You got game, yo. Dead ass. You got game. I chose you. Dead ass. You got game. For real, for real. All right, guys. Be sure to follow us on social media. I am DeVal. And that's Kadeen I am for me. And if you're listening on Apple Podcasts, be sure to rate, review, and, and subscribe. subscribe. 
Deadass is a production of Stitcher. It's produced by T-Square, Stephanie Kariuki, and Denora Pena. Our executive producer is Chris Bannon, and we'd like to give a special thanks to our recording engineer, Jared O'Connell, our sound designer, Brendan Burns, and studio manager, Ashley Warren. back. I'm Drew McGarry. And I'm David Roth. We have a podcast going on right now as part of the Stitcher Network called The Distraction. That's available everywhere you get your podcast at uh, Stitcher, Spotify, Apple. Go listen right now to The Distraction. Right now. It's out. Do it, please. <laughs>